0: Is up, wrestling fans? That's right, it's time for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro-wrestling. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast Presents The Wrestling Show. Better known as 607TWS. This week, we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling, and we are ready to call things right down the middle. I am one of your, I'm your host here at 607TWS. I am also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich. I am assuring you that I know that. Unfortunately, I'm a little under the weather, but joining me as he does each and every week in the co pilot chair, you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro. Carlay, our podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M.
1: 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? Happy New Year, everyone. Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Yes,
0: Happy New Year. Unfortunately, my asthma kicked up. Uh, That's what happens when you go from negative degree weather to 50 degree weather here in the 607. Yes. (laughs) We like to just call this the the normal um, winter season. It is. So if if there's some botches, I apologize. That's because I'm fighting back coughing and all that happy jazz the steroids are in so i'm sweating it's 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 crazy it's fucking crazy but we missed coming to you you know tuesday so now we're gonna be coming to you wednesday because we're recording on tuesday instead of monday like normal but uh, you know, hey, sometimes you just got to take a day off, but I'm still going to come through and make sure to give the best show possible we can. And we have a lot to talk about this week on the podcast, including going over uh, what just happened this past weekend for Pro Wrestling Noah and their New Year's Day spectacular. What a card, man. With that great main event of Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Great Muda in the last time we will ever see the Great Muda in a wrestling ring, uh, because from net here on out, the rest of the match is he will be as Kenji Muda. Mm-hmm. So that was what they announced at the show. So we will no longer see that character, but a great closeout. We'll talk about that more in depth in a moment. Also, I got a little uh more information about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I did kind of mess something up, but we also, when you guys are hearing this, probably already Wrestle Kingdom has happened and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but come on, we had to hit you up with what we just heard in one of the greatest promos ever. We're going to talk about that. There's some wrestling news we're also going to talk about in the opening segment before kicking it over to the mid card, where we're going to do a rundown of GCW's New Year- New Year's weekend of events, including the JCW show. And then we're going to also preview some uh, more shows coming to Fight Plus this weekend, including a Game Changer wrestling show, a Glory Pro show, and PPW for the first time on Fight Plus yes. as well. And then, of course, the main event of this podcast will be the 2022 Brodies. And Ken M's got all that wonderful information, so he's going to handle a lot of that and hopefully save my voice a little yes, bit. Yes, I will be taking but, over that segment. But we will, we, will, I, you will definitely still hear me and my opinions and, of course, my picks as well. So, with that being said, Ken M, before we jump in and give these fine folks what they want in the world of pro wrestling, how can they find yourself in the Show? Parley Hour podcast. It's very simple swing on over to
1: odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts are all right there along with the T public store link, the Patreon link, one tier, $2 a month and a whole lot of content. You get right to your uh, podcast platform, wherever you want to listen to us. We deliver to you right there. All that, the Parley points blog section, the classified section where you can find friends of the show. So there's just three fun podcast,
0: the directory if it's anything and everything that it is the ODPH. It can be found at ODPHpodcast.com. That's right. And if you want to find anything about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the social media links are there. Our Patreon link is there as well. Patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and help support everything we do. Also, our T Public link is there. Friends of the show like the ODPH. Also, the musical directory where you can find such great bands as Floodlands, whose song Ruins, is the song you hear each and every week at the beginning as the entrance theme for 607TWS. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, while you're uh, at it, check out the local sponsors. By the way, we have two that are the main sponsors of Mm 607TWS now. That's right, Ken, because we have a brand new sponsor. Yes, I've been hearing
2: about
1: this. So
0: first of all, let's go with our first overall one. And that, of course, is Dragon Master Games. They sponsor everything here at 607 Podcast slash 3FN Podcasts. Giving them a big shout out for all your magic the gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the world wide web, dragonmastergames.com. And the new one, of course, that will be the primary sponsor. Not only it's a subsidiary sponsor of three FN podcast, but it's the primary sponsor of six oh seven TWS and and three F N Rewind. That is going to be the our good friends over at Dubby. Yes. That's right. W is a new energy drink slash pre workout because you know for folks like us we call them energy drinks but for the folks that work out if you're one of them you call them a pre workout mm-hmm. they are one of the, a new trying to get in the game premiere uh, they make some great flavors over there at W. And they have uh, entrusted us to be a sponsorship with them. So you go to W-D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G and you can place all your orders. You can check out their sample packs and all their flavors and everything they have to offer at a great price. Now they're going to make the price even better for you because if you use the promo code 3FNPOD at checkout, you get 10% off of your entire order. Here's the coolest part about that. Not only do you get 10% off that first order, any if you love what you get and you want to keep ordering – Every time you check out, you can use 3 pod and you will get 10% off of every order. It's not a, just a one-time deal with us. So, Dubby, thank you for uh, coming on as a sponsor. So, Dubby.gg. Remember, 3 Pod is the promo code for the 10% off. And then you can help support even further 607TWS, the 3FN Podcast, and everything else we do. So, Check it out. Uh, they're new on there, and I'm going to get them on the website pretty soon, but it is just a new thing that we just inked, so that's pretty awesome. Yes, and uh, very cool. We're excited to have them on because, trust me, I could use all the uh, uh, pre-workout slash energy <laughs> that I can get right now not feeling at 100%. Well, let's not waste any more of my voice, Ken, because I think that it is time to get this show started, so I need you to check your watch because it is- Time to kick off the opening contest of 607 TWS this week. And uh, let's first start with I don't want to call it a retraction because it's not a retraction. It is actually just me correcting something. So, in the last couple of years, we've gotten used to Wrestle Kingdom being two nights in a row. I know by the time you hear this, it's going to come out late Tuesday night. So, most of you won't see it until Wednesday. Wrestle Kingdom will already happen. I'm not watching it until Wednesday night. And I'm sure a lot of you at home will probably be watching it if you're in the States at different times. So, I had originally said night one and night two. The one correction is night one and night two are not fourth and fifth. They have gone back to the fifth being New Year's Dash. Okay. And that means the winner of the Rambo, the four four people left in the Rambo, will go on to New Year's Dash to wrestle for the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy. However, Wrestle Kingdom is still two nights. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is something that has been a mistake from other people who have said that it's only one night. It is two nights because January 21st from the Yokohama Arena will be night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So there is and it, and it is on and if you go to njpw1972.com, which is the English version of the New Japan website, you can see there that they listed under events as Wrestle Kingdom 17. So, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, just they're not back to back. They've gone back to Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, followed by New Year's Dash on the 5th, and then they have the second showing on January 21st. I don't know why they changed it to this. However, Maybe it was a uh, something that has to do with the venue. Maybe it's something that they're they're looking at. Maybe spreading it out, getting more people there. I don't know. No, I that, don't. No, it's kind of a little
1: curveball because I was getting help with messages too about that. And I'm like, wait, I, it's always been back to back, so this is
0: definitely a little bit of a clarification on that. Still, it's going to be a
1: stacked card, nevertheless.
0: Oh, absolutely, and it's. I don't think that anybody is going to complain that they have to wait till the twenty first in Yokohama to see night two. However. I just wanted to make that very clear that we're not, we weren't trying to hide anything. We weren't trying to, you know, pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Uh, it just happened to be that I've gotten used in the last couple of years of having them back to back. Now they have changed it just slightly, but no, no need to fret. There is still two nights. However, we averaged our picks last week because we knew that we were going to be up against the gun here, even if we went on the normal day of you getting to hear what it is. So nothing has changed from our picks. The card has not changed. It looks beautiful for Wrestle Kingdom. Cannot wait to see it myself. And now there's an even better reason. If you are on the fence about it, maybe you want to wait a few days. That's fine. The match between Will Osprey and Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Championship has gotten even hotter. Because at the press conference before Wrestle Kingdom, there was a confrontation between Will Osprey and Kenny Omega. I don't need to say it. I'm going to let you hear it for yourselves. If you have not seen or heard this video, we are going to play the audio from this right now. And this is in response, you're going to hear Will Osprey, but this is in response to Kenny Omega making comments about how he's been wrestling in front of less crowds and how they've been silent. And it's really been dismissive of Will Osprey. As much as this is a work There is some shoot elements to this disliking. Mm -hmm. And you kind of hear a little bit more of this, and I will touch on it after we hear it. So let's hear it first, and then I'm going to give my takes on what I thought is a great promo, but I believe this is as much of a shoot as it is a work. I think these two guys are going to work a great match. However, I think that there is still a lot of bad blood. Let's play the clip now.
3: No, no, fucking listen to me. Don't first fool you, little cunt. Shut your fucking mouth. Listen to me now. You have no fucking idea. The mental state. You want to know my mental state, bruv? Mental state. You to, You got to sit in your house and then do maximum, what, three-hour drive to Florida. That's all you had to do during this. Mate, for us, for me, right, it's a 12-hour flight from England all the way, right? But guess what? That turned into a 15-and-a-half-hour flight. Why? Because there's a fucking war going on in Russia and in Ukraine. And then after that, I was carted around the fucking airport for four hours because I had to prove that I was negative for COVID, even though I had a fucking doctor's note saying that I didn't have it, then that wasn't good enough. Then I had to stay 14 fucking days in a hotel, no bigger than a broom cupboard, bruv. 14 days of your own fucking brain. And then you're allowed to go out and go wrestle for everyone in silence without seeing any fucking daylight for two weeks. The shows would fucking end at 9pm, restaurants would close at 8 so you were starving off your fucking roster, but we kept fucking going. Listen to me, I don't understand, and I don't know why anyone would want to watch Clap Crowd Wrestling. I don't know anyone that wants to watch that, but people fucking turned up. So for that, I had to fight, and for you to fucking sit there and belittle me, you little cunt. How fucking dare you, you have not the slightest idea what I've gone through. My best friend fucking died and I had to watch his funeral through a fucking iPad, bruv. How dare you sit there and belittle anything that I have fucking done to try and help. I get it, you're a big star, you're a fucking draw for this place, you have brought everyone, all the casual fans and all those Kenny Omega stands back to New Japan, thank you so much. Because now they're gonna watch you go down to me the guy that's fucking stayed here, the guy that has given his fucking all to this place, mate. I listened to every fucking word that you told me four years ago. And I'm telling you now, I'm sorry for what happened to him. And I am sorry I took that away from you. But make no mistake about it. If you find yourself in that same position that he did, there isn't gonna be a referee stopping me from caving your fucking head in, bruv. You will not belittle me on the grandest stage that I am on. This is my moment now. So you're either going to pass this torch or I am going to fucking take it from you.
0: That is very poignant from one (laughs) Will Osprey. And, of course, what he's making reference to when he said four years ago, Koda Ibushi. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was some drama there and some, you know, Koda, you know, Basically, Kenny Omega thought Koda Ibushi should be the next big draw in in New Japan for whatever reasons they went the ways that they went. You know, you could die. We could spend fucking days talking about the New Japan relationship with uh, Koda Ibushi and how that went south and everything else. Mm. But I, you know, to blame Will Aspy for it, I don't understand how you can do that. And I I think that's where he's coming from too. And he did. He said, I'm sorry. You know, that's what kind of gave you that realism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, you know, whatever. But. The warning of do you, if you end up in that same position, if you remember the end of the match between Will Osprey and Kota Ibushi, Kota Ibushi ended up with a concussion and it was from a very, very stiff fucking hidden blade. Mm-hmm. So basically he just told him he'll do the same. I don't know how this works out. I don't know what's going to happen. I just think this is adding more fuel to a fire of a match that should be a phenomenal match in the double main event because they are considering this main event one of a double main event night. What are your thoughts about what you heard from Will Osprey in this whole thing with Kenny Omega? Not that we didn't already think it, but a star is born. If you're not
1: fully on board with Will Osprey being a mega superstar, that promo he delivered more or less cleared any doubt up because it was real with emotion, real with feeling. And you know, with his social media posts, there's always a little bit of truth to them, even though obviously it's, Worked wrestling, He definitely comes with a raw sense of anger and emotion for feeling that he's kind of been overlooked, that he's kind of had to really scrap his way to get some recognition from a lot of wrestling fans. And obviously being benchmarked against Kenny Omega, who is so synonymous with his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling, to see Will Osprey finally on that level and saying, hey, you're not going to overshadow me like it's not a privilege for you or me to wrestle you. It's a privilege for you to wrestle me. He just really extended that so much. I cannot be more excited to see this match play out. I just think that this is Will's time, and he is set to have a very, very big 2023.
0: Absolutely. I think this is going to be a huge breakout for Will Osprey. Not that he's not already broken out for most of us in the wrestling community, but I think a lot more eyes are going to be on this product because Kenny Omega has returned to Japan. He says that in the promo. Hey, you're going to bring all these casual fans back, and they're going to watch me defeat you. Mm -hmm. And I think that New Japan is – I am going to go on a limb and say that there's no way in hell New Japan is going to let Will Osprey lose. If Will Osprey loses this match, it is the biggest disappointment that New Japan could do because they shouldn't be putting over another promotions guy in the fact of that. And if there's a working relationship, Kenny Omega should be doing the J-O-B. Will Osprey did the J-O-B – to for Kenny Omega and company in AEW, in the favor should be returned.
2: Here,
1: mm, absolutely, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. If
0: it doesn't happen, as a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm going to be very disappointed. And I'm going to want to. I'm going to want to know answers from Gaido and everybody else of why it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's because Kenny Omega is this massive star. He is to a lot of people, and I'm a big Kenny Omega fan, as we all know. However. This is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kenny Omega left to go to AEW. The only reason for him to come back is to pass that torch. As Will Osprey said, if you don't want to pass it, I'm going to take it from you. And I hope that's the the case. I hope that business is done the right way when it goes down. By the time you hear this, it might have already gone down. So hopefully that added some fuel to the fire for those who might have not gotten to see the match or want to see this match. Moving off of there, let's talk about a couple news things before we talk about Pro Wrestling. Noah Biggest uh, thing, I guess, in the world of WWE would be the return of Charlotte Flair this past Friday on SmackDown unexpectedly. I didn't know anything about it until it happened because I wasn't watching SmackDown. I was gearing up and watching some independent wrestling from Restival on IWTV. I'm just going to throw it over to you because I have seen the clip now. Mm -hmm. What were your feelings when you had to uh, look up at that TV for the surprise return of one Charlotte Flair?
1: Yeah, I was very excited. I was watching SmackDown Live. And I was going, okay, this will set up for something. I was really surprised though at the fact that they ran that title shot that night, especially she just uh, defended against Raquel Rodriguez, and now was in an impromptu match. and It's because Charlotte felt spicy, or I'm sorry, uh, Ronda felt spicy, and she wanted to, to, you know, think that she could be the best one. And it just it felt really forced. Like that's the whole
0: vibe I got from the match. Well, I looked at it like this. I guess the 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 hubris, if you will, mm. the cocky conceitedness of one Ronda Rousey, bitter in the ass. I guess that's the story they might be trying to tell. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this was the venue for it, but I mean, I was happy to see Charlotte Flair back. You know, whether you like whether people like it or not, really, is the face of the WWE women's wrestling and has been for quite some time. And uh, I respect what she does. And she, when she's gone, let's be honest, there's a big hole there. Mm-hmm. And SmackDown, as people were saying, is is not as loaded as Raw in the women's department. It's a big, it's a big get back. I would have liked to see her more in the challenger role because obviously she's coming back as a face and I would have liked to see her chase a little bit as a face. But, hey, I'm not the person in charge, so I'm going to let it play out. Am I surprised? Absolutely. Am I happy on some aspect? Yes, I'm happy to have Charlotte Flair back. I'm just, as of right now, not seeing where this booking is going.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, It's just, okay, it was cool if Ronda's taking time off for whatever reason. And Charlotte is going to be obviously taking the belt into mania. It's just against who I just don't see a clear cut person that she's going to be facing.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's bump over to AEW. I got something fun I want to talk about, but I do want to talk something about dynamite. It just came to my mind. I am not quite sure what, speaking of booking, what the fuck they are doing in AEW currently. Mm. And, And this is what I want to throw to you. And I guess at home, if you guys want to chime in, we're always, I'm always open, but we're calling it right down the middle, right? Yeah. I'm tuned in. I'm watching Dynamite. I watch every week, right? Mm. And there's some weeks that are better than others, as we know. And we've been very. And I'm not going to even jump into the fact that you know the you know there's the women's time slot somewhere between nine ten and nine thirty. Thank you, dog, for yes. pointing that out to us. And it's and it's like clockwork. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even talking about this stuff like that or, or anything like that. We've talked about it before, you know. This past week, what bothered me here is that we had two different situations in the same night where. One, firstly, you had Hook, which I'm a big Hook fan. Mm-hmm. We found that, you know, I've grown to really like him. Gone from like I don't get him to like, oh man, I kind of dig this character. I a big Hook fan, but to see Hook, well, sorry, to see Hook walk down Big Bill, and I, first of all, I do not like the new name change.
1: Yeah, that's awful. But
0: to see him walk down an almost seven foot man, that's a little much to me. What person the size of Morrissey?
1: Is going to be scared of someone of Hook's stature. I'm sorry, the aesthetics just don't play out. And if you're, you're supposed to be selling this big dominant force of seven feet tall, and you can't teach that to take it back to the old days, how, why is he running away from a cruiserweight? Right, like it just it doesn't make sense. And I understand that there's a mystique amongst Hook with the AEW faithful that he's supposed to be the new incarnation of Taz or Austin or whatever. Like, I've heard all the kind of different theories. It still doesn't play out. And I'm sorry. Like, Hook, sure, he does want to back down. But to see Morrissey
0: run from him? Come on. But here's the thing. It kind of ruins a program. Yeah. Because you should either make a reason for Big Bill to run from him, or you should have a stalemate, something. Because here's the thing. You're not going to run away from a guy smaller than you mm-hmm. who's just wrestled a match. So you your choices here was to have Big Bill take his head off to set something up or at the very least a pull apart. Yeah. And even then, it's kind of still a little eh because there's no reason. Like maybe if Bill Big Bill came at him and he fucking sidestep, you know, uses a judo throw to take him down. Okay. Sure. Okay. He, skirms, he squirms away to live in a fight another day. It's a little better there because, hey, he used his smarts. He used his talent. But we don't get that. It was just a walk down. So it's like there's no way you can look at the size differential and go, the dude's stepping down. And then if that wasn't enough, they doubled down in the main event because Samoa Joe defeats Wardlow. I don't know. First of all, Wardlow's over, so I don't get why he had to come in injured to explain anything or like that he has the heart. The fans are already behind him. So that was another thing in my booker head going, what the fuck is going on? But on top of that, after the match, we get, you know, the beatdown. It looks like Samoa Joe is going to have a turn and like, I respect you. But cool. Keeps him a heel. I love it. I loved what everything that happened. But the save is going to be made by Darby Allen, And then Darby Allen backs down Samoa Joe. The Samoan submission machine. The baddest man on the planet, if you will. The guy who has beat Wardlow multiple times. The guy who has injured Wardlow. The guy who is, you know, you're promoting him as a fucking killer. The king of television, if you will. But Darby Allen. A guy who's a third his size? Yeah. So once again, we have this dynamic. I don't understand the logic, and I get it. Darby's a fan favorite. I like Darby Allen. Once again, it's not because I don't like Hook. It's not because I don't like Darby Allen. I'm just watching this as a fan going, this don't make any sense. Like, give me a reason why. Like, if you want Darby to make the save, make him make the save, you know, with a fucking chair, make him dive at people, but they'll back somebody down?
1: It doesn't add up. And it goes back to what person the size of Samoa Joe is going to be afraid of Darby Allen. I'm sorry, Darby is a fan favorite, I get it. But to have him back down in that manner? Like, it's a straight-up back down. It doesn't add up, and it, it doesn't play in any story. Like, the aesthetics here the entire night were just off. The fact that they had to have Wardlow so beat up before the match that that is the only reason he lost
0: to Samoa Joe is almost a slap in Joe's face, in my opinion. Well, here's the thing. I don't even think it was that. Honestly, I think what it was was a show he has heart. Honestly, I really don't think it has anything to do with Samoa Joe winning. I think from the booking standpoint, honestly, giving credit where credit's due, I think it's the show Wardlow has heart. But he's already so over with the fans, you don't need to show that. That's something you would do with somebody you're building as a babyface. Yeah. Wardlow is there. Arguably, this kind of hurt him more to lose then it did help him. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Because he's, he's the crowd wants to see Wardlow win. The crowd wants to see Wardlow go on to take on MJF. Mm-hmm. The, you know, I get waiting. I We need to buy our time. But in the t- meantime, you cannot hurt Wardlow as a top babyface to get to that program with MJF.
1: I see your logic, and that's why I'm hoping they were going with. But I'm just saying, for me watching at home, that's the first thing I thought of. And I'm going to make it so unsettling like for me as a fan just watching because Wardlow is your top baby face he should be pushed to the moon the fact that you had to have him injured and have that's the only way Samoa Joe could beat him I just thought was a bad look but then again this has been a, a something we've seen with AEW recently in my opinion we've had the Ricky Starks debacle which I'm sorry him losing to a nut kick is doing absolutely nothing for him and now you have Samoa Joe running away from Darby Allin he had he had a the only reason he won was he beat a wounded Wardlow.
0: It's like what are we doing here? Well, on the ODPH podcast, you like to chalk things up to reasons. Here on six hundred and seven podcast, we six hundred and seven TWS. Sorry, wow, I'm really off to point today once again. Remember, I'm sick. We like to chalk it up to cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. All I'm saying. But uh, let's move along to something more happy, as I pointed out, because we were going to do that, and that is. That pro wrestling tees put out their top 25 sellers of the year. And I'm not gonna go through all 25, but we're gonna go over the top 10. Of course, they sell the merchandise for all elite wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, all in the top 10 are for all elite wrestling, go figure. And I, as I would expect, but this is a good gauge to see what fans are purchasing, which in the world of, you know, when we go in and talk about numbers to us don't matter because we're fans, we, you know, sales don't necessarily matter to me because I don't get a profit out of it. The same way ratings don't matter to me because I don't get an advertisement profit out of it. If I did, they would all of a sudden matter to me, but it is a good way. And the best way to use those numbers is to gauge who is popular in your company and where they should be pushed. It can Is that an agreeance here? No, absolutely. So these sales will help for that, right? So let's talk about this top 10. At the number 10 slot is Kenny Omega, which is surprising that's it's so low. Well, he's been gone for so long. I, right, I but could, still. I can, I, I, I can kind of understand that one. Number nine is
2: Sting. <laughs>
0: okay. Number eight is FTR. Okay. Number seven is the Young Bucks, hmm. which is weird that the Elite are in the bottom half of the top 10, but that's fine. They're still the top 10. Malachi Black is at six. Talking about somebody that's who hasn't surprising. been on TV and stuff as much. Yeah, for that Ar- reason. Arguably booking, right? Number five, John Moxley, the ace. I would have thought he would have been higher, but that's fine. I still, don't, I still think he's the heart and soul of AEW. I will not argue against that. Well, you know, the only thing
1: I could see why it's not higher is he did start wearing a lot of BCC stuff. Right, but I think he should probably
0: get some credit for some of that
1: Oh, well. no, I, I, granted, he should, but I think that that kind of t- took away from him for a little bit of the portion when they were really pushing right, him.
0: but in this case, I'm not saying to get rid of, you know, like not to push him push him to the moon. He's still number five, right. and on top of that, he's your ace, in right. my opinion. So then you have number four, The Acclaimed, which, let's be honest, they yeah, caught fire, so that's pretty awesome. MJF is number three, hmm. so that leaves the top two. So you would have guessed the top one is CM Punk, correct? Oh, yeah, easily. No, CM Punk is number two. Really? So number one, Danhausen. Wow. Danhausen has sold more merch. Good for him. Than anybody in AEW. As a matter of fact, he's n- announcing himself as the king of AEW now because he's the top merch seller. He should. Here's my thing. I know that a lot of us are Danhausen fans. Myself, yourself included. Absolutely. What are we gonna finally, hopefully, see him on television more because he's your top fucking merch seller? It would be the logical move to do. I'll say that. I'm not saying strapping a title to him. No, absolutely not. Well, maybe not. not Not the world title. You could put the North uh, North Atlantic title on him. You can put the, the All-Atlantic, all whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm getting confused on all these titles, by the sure. way. Sure. Create a cruiserweight title like we said, forever, or lightweight title, whatever you want to call it. That would be fine to put on Dan Housen. You know, maybe one half of the tag champs because, let's be honest, eventually got to get off the acclaim, And it doesn't look like we're putting them on FTR for reasons. There you go. And then, you know. I, whatever, just not the world title because I don't think he's a world champion. You know, that's not the gimmick. Just like Orange Cassidy is not the gimmick, even though he's fucking over I'm surprised he's not in the top 10, by the way. You, you know, but I think it kind of
1: goes inside with this. When you see him on TV, usually they're wearing their merch. And they've been doing like with Orange, not so much him, but like more with the best friends. But the best friends
0: got... merch is not in the top 10. So your yeah. argument with that he should still be in the top 10 with best friends. Yeah. Like I said, that's a
1: little puzzling. I'm surprised that they weren't up there and more so. But it's it's a weird thing to gauge. But going back to a Danhausen, yeah, I mean, I could, I obviously see him going there. He does push his merch very, very well. It just would make a lot more sense to see him on TV to see him rocking some of that, and then probably boost him up
0: even more. Absolutely. Well, let's switch gears and let's go to, New, to to Japan. Not New Japan though. Let's go to what we watched go down and talk about January first for Pro Wrestling Noah's. The New Year 2023 event. And, of course, this is the road to bye-bye Muda. Hashtag bye-bye Muda. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the card real quick, shall we? Yes. So, uh, first match of the night, we had Yano versus Ozawa. and Defeated Ozawa. Sorry, four minutes and one second. Great opener. Two young Lions. You know, we're not going to, I don't think I'm going to dive into too many of the matches unless but just assume all. I'm just going to say up front, this whole card was great.
2: Yes.
1: We'll agreed. talk about
0: the matches that we really are going to jump in. Uh, next up, in the second match of the evening, you had Daki Inabe, Masa Kiriyama, and Yoshika Inamura defeat uh, Saito, Yon, and Taniguchi in a six man tag, eight minutes and 48 seconds. Another really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a match that we really got in Doug, by the way Alejandro, Dante Leone, and Ninja. Kamikaze Mac defeated the Congo team of High 69, Kondo, and Taduska, eight minutes, and eleven seconds. I really enjoyed this match, Great and of course, match. we've been watching Dante Leone and Ninja Mac and Game Changer wrestling for a while, so it's really cool to see them on a big show for pro wrestling. Noah, absolutely. And this is a good match to check out, and you can check this match out for free on YouTube because it was part of the pre-show. So the pre-show is completely free. So if you type in the show, Pro Wrestling Noah, even if you just go to the Noah page, it's one of the first things you find. So check that out. It's about an hour and a half, and it gives you some back. You can fast forward to the last match of the pre-show. Next up, there was a six-man tag between – the uh Masaki machiuzaku and Susumu Machizaku, and they teach up with Mizakshu Jr., so it's a whole <laughs> family affair, and they defeated El, El- Hiho del Dr. Wagner Jr., so the son of Dr. Wagner, uh, Tushi Kodaj, and Siko Yakasiko, 10 minutes and 27 seconds, sorry if I butcher any names, I'm not necessarily, I can't pronounce most Japanese names. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I love the wrestling, though. Really another great multi-man match. Next up was an eight-man tag team match between Fujita, uh, Kishan, Renga, and Haas where they defeated the Congo team of Nakajima. Funaki, not not, not the Funaki, but Funaki uh, Funaki uh, the other, uh, Matasaki Funaki. Mm-hmm. Mataboy Soya and Hajima Ohara. 16 minutes and 36 seconds. Another great multi-man match. Then let's talk about this match. I got impressed here. Jack Morris defeated Timothy Thatcher in 12 minutes and 16 seconds. I know we watched this match together. This was a technical fucking dream.
1: This was excellent. You know, and going right to that technical aspect, like you would think that maybe it'd be a little more
0: strong style. No, this put on a great story and great match. Uh, absolutely. Next up, we had the three title or sorry, four t- or th- yeah, four title matches in a row. And all of these were phenomenal. First and foremost, for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship, your champion going in, Amakusa, defeated Junta Mikawaka 15 minutes. This was phenomenal.
1: This is crazy.
0: This is one of my favorite junior heavyweight matches that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Next up, for the Tag Team Championships, the Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, that is, we had the champions, Kojima and Sugura. Take on the team of Kenta and Marafuji back from a long time ago. Man, this is Both great. champions. This match got 18 minutes and 40 seconds, and still your GHC World Tag Team Champions, Segura and Kojima. This match was fucking amazing. You had two guys in their early 40s against two guys in their early 50s, and it was a hell of a fucking tag match.
1: Technical story, hard-hitting as all could be. My God, uh, I- I'm forgetting whose face was already dark purple slash red from all the slaps within like the first couple minutes of the match. Like this was as strong style as it gets. It was phenomenal though. I love this match.
0: Next up. We had the GHC junior heavyweight tag team championships, your champions, Yohei and Kazi, uh, taking on Ogawa and Ada and in an upset in a great match, Ogawa and Ada come out as your new junior heavyweight tag team champions in GHC.
1: Yeah. Very solid match.
0: Then we get to the two main events. First of the main events for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, Kato Kiyomea, defeated uh, Kano in 19 minutes and 23 seconds to retain the GHC Heavyweight Championship. This match, Ken, this match
1: was insane. The wildest falcon arrow I have ever seen in my life. From the top rope to the apron. My God.
0: Yes, how somebody did not get murdered in this match is unbelievable. But uh, bravo to the fucking match these two put on.
1: And shout out to the commentating team.
0: By the way, the commentating team all night killing it.
2: Yes,
1: killing
0: it, great. And that was the English commentating team because we did watch this over on uh, Wrestle Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check that out. And last but certainly not least, the second main event of the evening and the last match of the night, we had the one of the great the the last appearance by the great Muda, the Mm -hmm. character. Kenji Muda still has got a a match at Wrestle Kingdom. He's also got the final match coming up on the 22nd of this month. However, before then, he had one last match as the Great Muda. And, of course, as we all know, World Wrestling Entertainment allowed Shinsuke Nakamura to go to Japan, to go to Noah and to take on the Great Muda in the Great Muda's final match. This match got 18 minutes and 19 seconds. At the end of the day, your winner which the king of strong style, Shinsuke Nakamura, this match was great. You would never know Muda was in his 60s. Mm-hmm. Never. They had a great match. I thought the strikes looked crisp. I thought the wrestling was crisp. And what a great finish. By the way, Muda sprays the green mist, the black mist, and, and the, the red mist, all of them in the match at Shinsuke. Shinsuke is, somehow stays in it at all. And at the end of the match, in a in one of, I think, my favorite Muda finishes is Muda goes to hit the green mist again but Shinsuke looks like he's kissing Muda but he's not he's taking the mist and then miss yep. Muda in Muda's face with his own mist before hitting him with the King Shasha for the win I thought this was one of the best finishes I love this match I would I would love love to see it again and again but hey I'm glad I got to see this dream match what were your thoughts on Muda versus Nakamura
1: from start And I mean entrances to finish. This was a classic. This was an instant can't-miss match. Muda definitely put on one hell of a performance against Nakamura, who was feeling all the emotions coming back to Noah in Japan, and definitely they tore the roof off that place. Phenomenal match. Love the ending. What a swerve. And I could watch this a thousand times over. Like, this is just amazing.
0: I agree with you. Great match. If you guys want to catch it, it is on Wrestle Universe. You can watch the replay. If you do not speak Japanese and prefer English, they have English commentary. You want to check that out. It is about 800 yen a month, which I do my payment for it was six eighty eight US. So mm. if you don't live in the United States, you can config, figure out your conversion rate here. If you're in the US, it costs six eighty eight at the end of the day. And I'll tell you what, I would have paid six eighty eight just for this event, but you get so many more, not just from Pro Wrestling Noah, but from DDT and a bunch of other uh, promotions as well. But this is an event you should definitely check out. And I do believe you can also watch the event on the twenty second, also on Wrestle Universe. If not, you can get it on Fight TV. But I do believe they said for English. Commentary only, not in Japan. You can watch it on Wrestle Universe. So, there you go. Now well, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it'll be the mid-card, and you know what that means. It means time for the indie Roundup. We're going to talk about last week's GCW Weekend, as well as talking about what's coming up on Fight Plus this upcoming week, after this break. That's right. Get that funky bass, ten M. Let them know. It is now time for the mid-card of this week's edition of 607TWS. Yeah. That's right. Of course, the mid-card is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight Plus. Uh, Go over to fight.tv and sign up for Fight Plus for $4.99 a month. You heard that right. $4.99 a month. And with that, you're going to get a ton of crazy, awesome pro wrestling independence from such great companies like Game Changer Wrestling, Black Label Pro, Glory Pro Wrestling, the Pro Wrestling Revolver. House of Glory, PPW, is, and we're going to talk about them in a minute, and so much more when you go on over to Fight Plus for $4.99 a month. Plus, Ken, you also get boxing, yep, MMA, mm-hmm. slap fighting, mm-hmm. rugby, and a ton of other great sports over there at Fight Plus. Literally the best deal for
1: entertainment right now. You can't beat it because if you're a wrestling fan and you're disenfranchised with AEW or WWE, you have alternatives. Let alone all the other sports they have going on over there. And for $5 a month, like that's insane.
0: You can make this deal even better. Every month you get two free fight credits as part of that. So technically what? you're only spending $2.99 a month and you could save up those fight credits to buy pay per views from Impact Wrestling, from NWA, or if you're lucky enough, unlike us in the States, to get, uh, be able to watch AEW on fight.tv guess what, you can use them towards AEW pay-per-views as well because they stack on top of each other. That's a great deal. You cannot beat it with a stick, and I mean that. And, of course, all the great wrestling and more. Fight.tv, sign up for Fight Plus today. Thank you for sponsoring. So, let's move on to stuff that was on Fight Plus because we love us some Game Changer Wrestling. Hell yeah. And Game Changer Wrestling had a big, bad uh, weekend from the Carousel Room. At the showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey, the home base. Saturday and Sunday, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, respectively. Three big shows, two game-changer wrestling shows, one from Jersey Championship Wrestling, which is basically their developmental, if you will. If there's a lack of whatever, Mm -hmm. which was on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. We'll talk about that in between the two shows because that's where it fell. Let's start with the New Year's Eve show, which happens every year. Going down at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from, like I said, Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's Till Infinity. This is the New Year's Eve show they do every year. And here's the card. It's a long one because, remember, it starts at 8 and it goes through till after midnight. Right. So... First card the first match on the card was a tag team match where the East Coast Express, the East Coast ace Jordan Oliver, and the Young Goat. That's why I'm gonna to try to get that going. The Young Goat Nick Wayne defeated Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay, and Marcus Mathers. Fifteen minutes and fifty-two seconds. This was four young, up and coming, hungry athletes, and this was a tremendous showcase in the opening contest. Your thoughts. The East West
1: Express was like is gonna be the new tag team until they go Rockers mid. Mid year this year. I'm already calling it. But one way to start off, and especially for the future of the business, we always scream about GCW. The talent that they are introducing to fans are going to be the superstars of tomorrow, and this match definitely had four of them in it.
0: Absolutely. Can't say enough about this. Next match The was for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title. That's right. You heard that correct. Your NWA World Junior Juniorweight Champion, Kerry Morton, going one-on-one with Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. This match got seven minutes and 30 seconds at the end of the day, and still the NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kerry Morton. And boy, that young man knows how to turn heel when he's getting booed.
1: Smart, man. Just just read the room and
0: completely played into it. Next match, we saw Daddy Effie defeat Blake Christian. 11 minutes and 46 seconds. Blake Christian coming up on the short end of the stick. We'll talk about it. His weekend was not good. No, it was not good. So, next up, Tony Deppin, 607 TWS's favorite asshole, defeated Leon Slater, 13 minutes and 17 seconds. Leon Slater, 17 years old from the United Kingdom. And boy, did he impress us once again.
1: Wow, what a weekend for him. Holy shit. That's
0: not the last time you're going to hear the name Leon Slater. Uh, Next up was probably the most entertaining point of the night. As... First of all, the match, Maki Ito defeated Ali Catch in 11 minutes and 36 seconds. But before this, Nick Gage had come to the ring to talk to the crowd, to talk to his gang. Maki Ito came out, and she started doing the, you know, MDK all fucking day. Where's my gang at? And and Nick Gage was like, you know what? It was cute. Last time you did it, it's not cute anymore. Brings out Ali Catch and says, if you beat her, you can be gang affiliated. Well, I just said it. Maki Ito wins. Mm-hmm. Maki Ito is gang affiliated. We'll find out how this plays out the following day.
1: I'm here for this. I'm so here for this.
0: So next up, for the GCW World Tag Team titles were on the line in a fucking death match as your champions Los Macisos, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo take on Akira and Masha Slamovich. This match got 15 minutes and 42 seconds at the end of the day and still the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team champions, Los Macisos, but what hell of a match. Amazing match. And Masha Slamovich doing death matches. Holy crap. Agreed. It was crazy. Next up, we had an eight-man tag team extravaganza. As the second gear crew, or SG Cunt as they're known when Dark Sheik is a member, because Dark Sheik, One Call Manders, and Mance Warner were in attendance. And they added Cole Radrick for the night Mm -hmm. to take on the team of Axton Ray, Rob Shit. Sam Stackhouse and Shane Mercer, 12 minutes and 6 seconds. Of course, the SG cunt, as they're known, took the match. It is brutal. Poor Sam Stackhouse. Yeah. My God, MVP of that match. The next day, his eyes were swelling. You step in there with SGC, you're fucking around with a different kind of thing. I've always said it. Yeah. Be warned. Be forewarned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up was one of the matches, the marquee matches that we were looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. A speed ball. Mike Bailey defeated two cold Scorpio in 16 minutes and 51 seconds. I don't care the two colds getting up there. Him and Mike Bailey put on a classic. Absolutely, my God. This is great. Next up, we had the East Coast GCW debut of Willie Mack as he defeated Starboy Charlie, 14 minutes and 59 seconds. I'm not sure how much I'm liking the Starboy Charlie's gimmick currently, but in the ring, he still gets it done, and Willie Mack, which phenomenal. Love seeing Willie Mack in GCW, and Starboy Dudley. Like I don't, I don't get the gimmick. Yeah, that's uh, the only part I'm a little like, off on, but like, you know, I like Starboy Charlie. Oh, still. I do too. Next up, we had our final death match of the year 2022 as John Wayne Murdoch defeated Sawyer Wreck in 7 minutes and 14 seconds. Very good. Very brutal. And then we had the New Year's celebration. And then we would have the first match of 2023. Of course, I Joey Janella said the card got mixed up. So the first match of 2023 was Yo-Kai, Janai Kai and YoYa defeating Billy Starks and Brogan Finley in 7 minutes and 28 seconds to end the televised fight.tv broadcast. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know when this other match took place, whether it was during when we were on intermission or whether it was at the end of the night or whether it was at the beginning of the night. But we do know in the dark match, El Hijo del Vikingo defeated Joey Janela right. at some point during the night. Unfortunately, because Game Changer Wrestling doesn't want to pay AAA, which I don't blame them because they're already paying El Hijo del Vikingo. They can't air the fucking match, which once again, I just think that that's a horrible, terrible thing. But it is something that A does. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next day in Jersey Championship Wrestling, also coming to you from, obviously, the Carousel Room at the Showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey. This was going down at 1 p.m. You can watch this right now on uh, Game Changer Wrestling's YouTube channel for absolutely free. Here's uh, It was the Lethal Lot- Battle Bowl featuring the Lethal Lottery, if you guys aren't familiar with that old WCW concept. It is they draw tag teams. And then whoever wins the tag match gets entered into the Battle Bowl, which is just a big battle royal. And the winner of that wins the Battle Bowl ring. In this case, a $25,000 ring. You know, it's a work. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's some of the teams that we got. In the opening contest, Ellis Taylor and Jay Lyon defeated Charlie Tiger and Midas Black. Nine minutes and 34 seconds. They swap partners because of the drawing. Alice Taylor and Jay Lyon move on. Uh, The next one up, Wasted Youth got drawn together. So Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers got drawn to go up against, and they defeated Axton Ray and Kerry Morton in 11 minutes and 3 seconds. Alec Price and Young Dumb and Broke's Griffin McCoy defeated Austin Luke and Gabriel Sky in 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Beastman and Sam Stackhouse defeated uh, Mago, or Lago, sorry, and Yoya in 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Billy Dixon and CPA defeated Azriel and Sawyer Reck in 11 minutes and 6 seconds. In a tag team, the next tag team match, we had the one called Manders and Bam Sullivan defeat Jimmy Lloyd and Rob Shit in 7 minutes and 47 seconds. And in the final tag match, we had Big Vin and Billy Starks defeat Brogan Finley and Jani Kai in 5 minutes and 48 seconds. At the end of the day, though, when the Battle Bowl was all said and done, the Price City OG Alec Price would win the Battle Bowl. How did you feel about Battle Bowl Lethal Lottery?
1: It's a fun concept. I mean, obviously, starting off the new year, you were expecting something, you know, just to really kick off things in the right way. And I thought this card definitely did it. Alec Price doing big things.
0: Absolutely, fucking Next up, we add night two of GCW's weekend. Of course, the first show of 2023. 56 nights coming to you from the Carousel Room. And... Uh, the showboat at a ho- hotel in Atlantic City and, of course, on Fight Plus. Masha Slamovich defeated Cole Raderick in 8 minutes and 12 seconds in the opening contest. Next up, the young goat Nick Wayne defeated Leon Slater in 12 minutes and 45 seconds in one of the matches of the weekend. Mm-hmm. After that, we had the do-or-die six-way scramble match. The winner of this match was going to get an entrant. It was going to be entrant 30 right. in the do-or-die battle royal at the end of the night. The loser, the man who got pinned was going, or person, because technically there is a female in this match, or was a female in this match. They were going to be eliminated from being in the Do or Die Rumble. Yes. At the end of the day, Blake Christian won. So it looks up. He lost to Effie. Next day, he's going to be number 30. He defeated Joey Janela. So Joey Janella was no longer in the Do or Die Rumble. Next, though, was the match that we couldn't wait for it was the four way women's extravaganza. Yes. And uh, at the end of the day, but let's talk about what happened first. So when Maki Ito comes to the ring, she comes out For Whom the Bell Tolls. She's got the uh, pizza pizza cutter cutter. in her hand. She used it the night before on Alley Catch. She would use it during this match as well. And at the end of the day, Maki Ito would defeat Billy Stark's Dark Sheik and Sawyer Wreck in eight minutes and one second. And after the match, Nick Gage came to the ring and greeted Maki Ito. She is a member of the MDK gang. I'm here for this.
1: I love this. This was perfect. The only thing that she did wrong, she didn't come out with the bandana. I wish she would have came out with the bandana. Right? Yeah. Maybe next time. Next time she has to.
0: Uh next we got a death match, the first death match of 2023 in which the Bulldozer Matt Tremont defeated Madman Pondo <sighs> in 12 minutes of 56 58 seconds, sorry. And this match is brutal as fuck. Jesus Christ. Like I, I Tremont
1: The GOAT of deathmatch wrestling. Madman Pondo, right there with him. Like, pioneers, legends, however you want to define it. But my God, man. Cinder blocks, unprotected to the face. Shit happens. Yeah, like, it was just insane. It was was violence and poetry all mixed together. It was great, but I'm like going, God damn. By the way,
0: Matt Tremont would then enter the do or die battle. Yeah. So the do or die battle royal is simple. It's like the Royal Rumble. You start with two, and you work your way to 30. And the winner gets a guaranteed shot at the Game Changer Wrestling Worlds Championship at their choosing. Well, we went through the match, and it looked like Blake Christian won the Rumble. Mm-hmm. But wait, earlier in the match, Masha Slamovich, who did not get thrown over the top rope, got hit in the head with light tubes from John Wayne Murdoch. She made her way back into the ring. She was never eliminated. So her and Blake Christian go back and forth at the end of the day. Your winner of the Do or Die Battle Royal Masha Slamovich stealing one from Blake Christian, uh, ladies and gentlemen. What a year! Last year, 2022 was for Masha Slamovich, and already in GCW, it looks like she's going to have a hell of a 2023.
1: This is the year, of Masha. Get ready. Get Aww. get ready. i was so excited about this. Loved how they did the ending too, because everybody kind of forgot about Masha because there was just so much going on in that match, and especially she was getting hit with the light tubes there. We all forgot, and then obviously Blake was playing into the crowd Jersey and definitely has solidified himself as a heel. So a lot of win happening here, but Masha getting her title shot, can't wait to see that match.
0: Well, we're going to have some matches coming up pretty soon because on Fight Plus this week, we got some big cards, including on Saturday, January 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Central, because it is coming from Chicago, Illinois. We will have the next Game Changer Wrestling show, which is called Save Me. It will be taking place At Thalia Hall in Chicago, which is their new home in Chicago, from what I understand. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And they have already announced one hell of a card for this show. Are you ready to talk about this card, Yeah, let's talk about it. So, let's start off with the fact that we are going to see a match that was just announced today. Chicago Zone, The Ego, Robert Anthony, coming back to Game Changer Wrestling to take on Sawyer Wreck.
1: Ooh, that's going to be a good match be real good,
0: absolutely. I think this is going to be one of, the, one of the things that we're going to be talking about next week for sure. The Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championship will be on the line. Your champions, Los Macisos, go one on one with the Bang Bros. Okay, that's gonna be a great match too. Arez returns to Game Changer Wrestling to go one on one with the King of Wreck Mountain Cole Radrick.
1: Nice, definitely excited about that one now.
0: The uh, All Heart, aka the best in the fucking world, Blake Christian. Goes one-on-one with the 17-year-old British phenomenon, Leon Slater, the youngest boss.
1: That will be great. That's going to be Match of the Weekend contender right there.
0: Oh, uh, This is going to be a brutal one. Homicide goes one-on-one with the Duke of Hardcore, John <laughs> Wayne Murdoch. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, this is going to be one where we're going to be on the edge of our seats. For the GCW Extreme Championship, your champion, the bad boy, Joey Janella. Defends the title against 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppen. That's going to be a great match. In a grudge match for the centuries, Thrussey, Alley Ketch, Effie, and the Dark Sheik will take on Mason's Mercenaries, Charles Mason, Slade, and the Daddy of Daddies, Pero. That's going to be a wild match. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening, or am I, I'm assuming is the main event of the evening... The motherfucking hate club, Matt Tremont, and the Game Changer Wrestling World's champion, Nick fucking Gage, are going to be challenged by the East-West Express, the East Coast ace, Jordan Oliver, and the young goat, Nick Wayne. So this is an interesting match and
1: definitely worthy of the main event slot if he gets it. Because there's a couple different storylines going on, obviously. We do know that Matt Tremont is going to be facing Nick Gage at some point. And for the final time ever, is there kind of town it ended up to be?
0: Yes, I was looking at March. Yes. When they return to Atlantic City. So
1: this could be a precursor to build up something for that. But also, I'm sticking with my theory for Jordan Oliver to start planting that seed to get that title shot against
0: one Nick Gage at Joey Janelle Spring Break. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is where we set that up. Well, that's not the only thing going down on Fight Plus. No, our good friends at Glory Pro have a show going down on a Saturday. Ooh. January 7th also. This starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, round right around time that you can probably watch both. If not, replays for both are, you know, whichever one you choose. Replays are for free in Fight Plus as well. Yeah, definitely check them both out. So, uh, they are coming to you from Del Mar Hall in St. Louis, Missouri. Their normal haunt, if you will. And they've got a huge card. Are you ready to go over this card? Yeah, let's do it. We've got... Ethan Price taking on Heather Reckless, taking on Raheem De La Suede, taking on Jake Lander in a four-way match. Let's go. One of uh, our favorites, Rohit Raju, yes. takes on Moses. Okay. Mike Outlaw takes on Kenny Alfonso. Ooh. War Horse is going to go up against Cody Lane. Okay. The United Glory Tag Team Championships are on the line as Grindhouse takes on the Hustle and the Muscle. Ooh. Okay. Uh Curryman. That's right, Curryman. Curryman is going to go one-on-one with Dan the Dad. Yes. yes. Kylie Ray will take on Tootie Lynn. That's going to be a really really good match. And in the Clown of Glory Championship match, your champion, Camaro Jackson, goes one-on-one with Jake something.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that's going to be a hard-hitting match. Two
0: big men, two big beefy men slapping Lapping meat. Yeah. Next up is a company that is making their fight plus debut. I'm not sure if this is live or not. I'm assuming it's live, but it hits the stream waves on Sunday, January 8th at 8 PM Eastern Standard Time. And it's our good friends from PPW. It's called oh, nice. Eyes Wide Open. Let's go. And so this is going to be coming from this is going to be coming to you from Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Here is the lineup for PPW's. Uh, eyes Wide Shut Like I said I don't know if this It does not say if it's live or not So I'm going to assume yes But it could just be a tape replay Okay Either way It's for free for Fight Plus
1: Yeah so the, Watch it regardless
0: The PPW Television Championship Number one contenders match Between Mantikla And Griffin McCoy Okay PPW No Limits Championship match Where Timothy Theory Your champion Defends against Chris Slade Brando Lee Justin Sweeper And V Marino Okay Alec Odin takes on Rembrandt. All right. For the PPW Television Championship, your champion Adrian Soriano with Delilah takes on Encore. Okay. Uh, it says the debut of Lucius Crow. Also, PPW World Tag Titles will be on the line as your uh, was championship material with Mister Ruda will take on Johnny Moran and Tom Mitchell. All right. Adina Steele will take on Danny Moe. Yes. PPW Tag Team Championship number 1 contenders match, SPF versus Primal Fear versus Nolan Pearson and Trevor Page versus Primetime Heat.
1: Okay, that's going to be a really good match.
0: Alpha Jr will take on Havoc. Let's go. And in the main event for the PPW heavyweight championship in a six-way scramble match, your champion Facade will defend the title against Action Andretti, Bro Keller, Brian Cage, Clutch Adams and the Mecca.
1: That's going to be a wild match.
0: Look at all that and more. That's a hell of a fucking That's a card loaded load card them. down there. That goes down Sunday, January 8th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fight Plus. And that will conclude the mid-card with the Indie Roundup. Check out those great shows on Fight Plus. While you're at it, check out any great wrestling that's out there. And if you want us to shout you out, hit us up, and we would be more than happy to shout out your company, your where you wrestle, you know, whoever you are, just hit us up because we always like to support independent pro wrestling. We are going to take our final break. When we come back, it is going to be time for the 2022 Barodia Awards.
2: And run on for a long time run on for a long time run on for a long time sooner or later gotta cut you down sooner or later gotta cut you down
0: all right we are back in the main event slot and it is time for the 2022 Brody Awards. Of course, the importance of the award has never been lost upon us. Uh, Originally, going all the way back to the three FNW days of of the wrestling show, we've always done a year-end award. Of course, when uh, my good friend Brody Lee passed away, we decided that we were going to rename the awards after... Brody Lee because why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. It is so that's where the Brody's come for. And of course, I had the blessing of working with Brody in many different wrestling promotions, mostly in Square Circle Wrestling 2 CW and of course Excite Wrestling over the years. So it's always it was always great to see him. One of the my you know favorite people. We've gone into this ad nauseum. So if any little way I can honor Brody Lee is to name an award after him, I guess that's the best way I can honor. The legacy of Brody Lee, who loves some pro wrestling. Absolutely. So that's the importance of God's gonna cut you down. Because if you know anything, Brody Lee used to use God's gonna cut you down as his entrance music in 2CW and the indies a lot. I mean, he also used the right stuff for a little while, too. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a couple different remixes out there uh, that I go, but come on, God's gonna cut you down is what I'll always remember Brody with. So giving the backstory. Giving the importance of the Brodies. This year, we put out a major ballot. Yes. In the past, we've asked for Twitter votes. In the past, we've asked for suggestions this time. And going forward, because I think this worked very well. Yes, it did. We are going to now have an internet ballot, and we got a lot of responses. We are fucking blown away by how many people visited odphpodcast.com and cast their ballot when it was out there. We got a lot of different things. Thankfully, Thankfully, the program kind of melded them together so we could get a definitely clear-cut winner. And a lot of them looked like some pretty definitive ones. And then there was a lot that looked a little... Yeah, you know, the great thing about this
1: is so many fans turned in their votes. And, you know, a few columns or a few awards, shall we say, we we had an idea where they were going to go. But a couple really threw a good surprise, and that's great because, you know, it proves that not everybody was kind of feeling the same thing. There was so much good wrestling this year that everybody had a favorite moment, everybody had a favorite promotion. It wasn't just all the same, and that's a great thing for being a fan, that as much as we preach and we cut everything right down the middle, if you're a fan of AEW, you came in strong for this. If you're a fan of WWE, you came in real strong. If you're GCW, you're waving the flag for it. And you know what? Everybody had really cool answers, and you know,
0: for the awards, it was really tough to make the calls. Well, uh, due to especially my voice, also because I've been ill, as you guys have known, and I've been pushing through, and I'm probably getting to the end of where I'm going to be okay, so if you do hear me cough, I apologize. I am going to throw it out like this. Ken's got the the numbers in front of him. How we're going to do it. We're going to go category by category. Yep. Ken's going to give us roughly the the 3, the t- you know, the the third place, second place, first place according to the fan right in vote. And then, you know, sometimes he might give you some more because there's ones that are have a lot of like I know you said breakthrough star. We had a lot of choices, which is awesome. I love that. That's a great great place to be. Yeah. So we're going to give maybe shine a little more light on that especially cuz it's breakout stars. And then after we give those picks, we will both give our picks and reasons. So let's get it on the way. Ken M, the floor is yours. Let's get into the Barodies.
1: So the first Brody Award of the Year is breakout start of the year. So as we touched upon in the past episodes, it doesn't mean a rookie coming out of nowhere. It means somebody that has really been putting in the work over the past 12 months and really have elevated their status. And we, this one had so many write ins. I'm only going to read a couple in there because everybody had somebody different for this. Like, this was probably one of the most wildly contested awards in Brody history, I would say. And just a couple of the nominees that came through Liv Morgan, Roxanne Perez, a lot of votes came in for her. The acclaimed Takeshida, Logan Paul had a tremendous turnout for that, which I was really kind of surprised at. Blake Christian, obviously, Ricky Starks and Mandy Rose had a lot. Now this was pre the controversy involving her too cuz this was put out a few weeks before everything went down with her. So really it's happy to see that out there because she was actually my pick for the Brody this year because prior to that drama, I thought Mandy had reinvented herself and took away that stigma of going back to NXT meant that you were getting demoted. No, it just gave her time to really hone her craft as a pro wrestler and really elevate her game. And I think if she does come back to pro wrestling, because we don't know what her future endeavors are going to be, she's going to be a monster wherever she goes now.
0: Not a good good points. I am giving my Brody Award for Breakout Star to Masha Slamovich. Nice. Who had a, a gigantic year on the indies, and including Game Changer Wrestling, also made her Impact Wrestling debut and made a real – Impact pun intended, pun intended. There, uh, she's done it in matches with men, she's done it in matches with females, she's done it in matches with you know, multi people. She just won. I mean, I know this is in 2023, but she's continuing on into 2023 with her win in the do or die rumble. But the night before, being in a huge death match for the game changer wrestling world tag team titles and coming up just short. Just shows the year she's had, and it looks like she's going to continue that year into 2023. My pick, Masha Slamovich.
2: Yeah,
1: a lot of people had that one in there, too. But like I say, the consensus vote was really split down the line, but I would say Logan Paul won the vote. And obviously so. I mean, if you really want to talk get about it. somebody who broke out, the fans are definitely vo- voicing in their opinion for that.
0: I absolutely get that.
1: So next up is the WTF moment of the year. And obviously, that's very self-explanatory. In the pro wrestling world, well, let's just say nothing is very ordinary uh, to us fans. That there are certain moments, though, that stand out, and you literally have to go, what the fuck? And this one definitely had a lot of reactions. I will say this, though. I was more surprised at one moment that did not get a big turnout, and that was the AEW media scrum. Really? Did not get a lot of votes in. And I mean not That's not good sh- in a positive way. Yeah, exactly. So I I was really shocked at that because the two ones that really stood out on the fan votes was Vince stepping down, Triple H taking over. So I'm just combining that in one because that was written in many many times on this. And Bray Wyatt's return. Interesting. Yeah, those were the two that really jumped in there. I mean, a, a few had uh, certain moves like uh, Blake Christian's cutter that he did at uh, PWG where no, he, just, okay. he, he dove in there and Lesnar flipping the tractor at uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there were certain moments like that had it, but overwhelmingly it was Vince stepping down, Triple H, and Bray Wyatt. It was like a 50-50 split amongst the top vote getters.
0: Of, of the fans, that's awesome. Yeah. I that's really cool, and it kept it positive. I'll say this. My WTF moment, I'm going to keep it positive. We already threw out there the, the media scrum. Obviously, that was a what-the-fuck moment, obviously, and the fallout from that. But you know what? I'm going to give my WTF moment to a moment, and that would be Logan Paul
2: Yo.
1: That
0: Crown Jewel. And some of the shit he did during that match, and especially wrestling half the match with a torn knee in every aspect of the way, that gets my what WTF moment of the year for my Brody. For me... I got to go with the fans on
1: this one. It was Vince stepping down and Triple H taking over because never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that this was going to happen. I agree. That, you know, obviously with Vince and prior to all the allegations, I thought he was just going to die being the chairman. And then obviously the events have unfolded this past year. Triple H came back to prominence. And obviously, what he did at NXT gave an injection of life into WWE, which, let's be honest, became so stale, we stopped covering it and started recording on Monday nights because there was nothing worth watching. Absolutely. And to see the job they've done. Now, not everything has been 100% a home run, though. We have to really maintain that. But for what he's done in a short amount of time, he's definitely had fans talking about it. He's definitely had them buzzing. He's definitely done something to the brand that needed it, and now it's just going to be very interesting to see his first mania at the helm and see where he goes from here. So definitely a lot of stuff to be excited about. But the Bray return, though, definitely had a lot of votes. Like I said, it was like 1A, 1B amongst the fans. Absolutely. So, That's
0: really cool to see that everybody kind of kept it positive. That's why I definitely picked a positive moment. But let's give the shout out that Media Scrum did deserve <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. was a pretty hell of a what-the-fuck moment. It did get votes. Like
1: I say, it wasn't like it was not mentioned. It did get a fair share amongst the fans, but not enough as I thought. Like I figured that that was going to be the one that really overtook. No, it was, like I said, 1A and 1B was Bray's return, which was so magical. I mean, you talk about getting goosebumps on your arms just watching, and let alone if you were there in the building, like just how overwhelming that was. Because that pop, I don't think that we as fans have heard something that loud in years for somebody returning, and just how much emotion Bray has poured into it. And like I say, you can really love or hate what's going on with the character now, but that first promo, he came back and spoke to the fans. Like that one should be up there too for me as well.
0: I just throw it out there. I mean, if you think about it, that was the reason we watched WWE pay per view over a game changer wrestling. Yeah. Uh, pay-per-view that, that night in a in a hotel room in New York City. We were down there for New York Comic Con. We were up later than we were going because then we went back and watched the GCW show. That's how big that moment, the just the promise of that moment was, let alone when the pr- moment happened, it definitely didn't disappoint. Oh, the Bray Wyatt moment, obviously.
1: Absolutely, no. So definitely a lot of great picks from the fans that were sent in about this one. So can't go wrong with them either way, but definitely a strong WTF shock moment seeing Bray come back and Vince is stepping down. Next up, though. T- obviously we like to show a lot of love to the tag team divisions amongst all pro wrestling. And we also like to honor the match that stood out amongst the year. So obviously the next award we're going to be talking about is tag team match of the year. And overwhelmingly there was one feud. And I'm just going to group them all together. Cause it was kind of split between the three matches they've had FTR and the Briscoes was yeah, good matches was the overwhelmingly consensus winner amongst the fans a lot of love for the usos though and the street profits and the acclaimed and ftr got a lot of love too and but like i say going over everybody else too like i'm just going through there's a lot of gcw matches that were thrown into um a lot you know a few other wwe ones as well involving new day but still the overwhelmingly decisive winner was ftr Briscoes.
0: Well, my Brody for tag team match of the year probably went a little bit under scale because it didn't get as much coverage, and that would be when uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling went to the United Kingdom, the IWGP World Tag Team Title match between FTR and Aussie Open. If you have not seen this match, I cannot stress enough to see this match. Do I re- re- appreciate what the Briscoes and FTR did? Absolutely, great matches. They stand the test; of, they will stand the test of time. The, the Aussie Open versus FTR match was on a whole nother level. I, w- I hope to God I see those two tag teams wrestle again. That was my pick for my Brody for Tag Team Match of the Year. My Brody is going to be a little curveball for people. It is involving the Briscoes, but
1: it's involving my favorite tag team in GCW, Second Gear Crew, the Scaffold Match.
0: Ooh, from Detroit.
1: Yep. And right. how, And just remember watching that going, how are they moving after all the insane shit. And I know we throw that adjective around a lot. Insane. No, you put these four in a match with scaffolding. I I literally sat there and was like, what like what is going on here? And just was completely blown away. And obviously I need to see this ran back in some kind of form at some point, I'm hoping. But I definitely say Briscoe's FTR was right there as a, as a number two for me. And that Aussie Open match with FTR, a phenomenal one too as well. So that said, next up, Tag Team of the Year. And this one, very one-sided as well. But obviously, if you know who has been the top guys in professional wrestling this year, this is pretty much a no-brainer. A champion or champions in multiple organizations, and that's FTR.
0: I would just say I'm pretty sure I'm going to say my Brody's also going to FTR. I would think this is going to be pretty unanimous.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the Usos did get a lot of votes, though. I
0: want to put that out, too, as well. And in the Acclaimed. No, no disrespect to those teams. All those teams are great, but FTR had one hell of a year. I think they deserve to be. And mind you, my favorite tag team in uh, GCW, your reigning tag champs, Los Macisos. I throw them up there as well. But I just think FTR had the best year of any tag team. Hence, they get the Brody for me.
1: Yeah, Macisos had a, had a good share of votes, too. And uh, so did uh, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Oh, sweet. Yeah, That's so, cool. So that came in there as well, but it was all FTR like for the most part. Like I say, it was leaps and bounds, and it's no disrespect to anybody else in there. But, I mean, this has been the year of FTR. we got to give them credit I don't think you that. can disagree with that, no. honestly. No, so they are Tag Team of the Year. Now we're going to Female Wrestler of the Year. This one... Kind of a closer race than I thought it was going to be. And one that I was very happy to see, but the fans vote was Bianca Belair, but literally a fraction of votes right behind Masha Slamovich and Jamie Hayter. And we're talking like fractions, like probably one of the closest races. We've had, but Bianca Belair definitely won this one. For and I favorite. want to say
0: this out there. All three of those women fucking deserve to be Women of the Year. Yes. Uh Female Wrestler of the Year, I should say. Sorry. And I could have voted for any of them. As a matter of fact, I was going to vote for Masha Slamovich, but then I decided to make her my breakout star. So instead of giving the double vote, I didn't. My Women's Wrestler of the Year is going to surprise a lot of people, especially because I'm not a big fan of the AEW women's division because they really do believe that they treat it like an afterthought. But Jamie Hader is my wrestling women's wrestler of the year. I thought that she did the best with what she had. She went out there and had bangers with people that, not, she might not necessarily should have been able to, mm-hmm. but she overcame it. And then when she did fight wrestlers like Sheeta or step in there with Tony Storm, it was on that next level. So I really felt like she was able to elevate. And on top of that, also rise to the occasion, went in there with a star that deserved to have that kind of match. So all day long, I'm going with Jamie Hayter.
1: See, I did the same thing you did because I didn't want to vote the same person for breakout as I, for Female Wrestler of the Year. I took Masha. Masha go, Slamovich came on f- like out of no, I, w- I almost want to say out of nowhere, but if you start watching her on the Indies, she was tearing it up no matter who they put her against. And you look at it, everywhere she wrestled this year between Impact, GCW, and all the Indies in between, she was putting in one of the best years of wrestling, period. And now to see her get that title shot at GCW, that's going to be huge. She's killing it over at Impact, obviously with the best women's division in all pro wrestling it's her award this year. And I'm going to say it's going to carry probably through this next year. Not to say she's not going to have some great competition, but I really thought Masha definitely stood out with just the body of work from January to December. Like I can't stress enough what she did on the Indies. Absolutely. Absolutely. So next up is male wrestler of the year. And this one definitely had one. I want to say underdog really make a lot of noise. And unfortunately did not get the the title of male wrestler of the year the fan vote is not really a big shock because he is the the needle mover of pro wrestling he is the biggest draw in pro wrestling he is the one that can really hang on to an audience after they flip over from the NFL and the fan vote went to Roman Reigns and you really can't argue about that one
0: deservedly so are you pick or what's your
1: pick see my pick i went with the underdog pick and he almost snuck in there i mean it was it the Roman did win by a good margin, but I'm mean, in comparison to like where number two and number threes were, Speedball Mike Bailey almost took number two.
0: Really? Yep. That's pretty impressive. I was I'm pretty shocked about that. Yeah. You know, I've been accused of being a homer at times. But sometimes I'm accused of being a homer for the wrong team. And I I I agree. Roman Reigns, and I've said it before, is the top guy in the business. But I wanted to give my vote to somebody different because I just knew that everybody was going to pick Roman. So for my pick for the Brody for best male wrestler, I'm going with the IWGP world's heavyweight champion, the switchblade Jay White. Mm. Nobody's had a bigger year. He's gone and gotten the job done, not only in new Japan, but in impact pro wrestling. We saw him on AEW. everywhere. He went, he moved a needle and people were talking about him. Is he as a high profile wrestler as Roman reigns? No, but is he a guy that if he was the, you know, the mysterious rumored forbidden door entrant into the Royal rumble. Do I think that he could, you know, move some heads? Absolutely. I think you could open him to a whole new audience. I think he could fit in in WWE or AEW or wherever he chooses. And I think he's proven that because he does very well at new Japan strong, which is based here in the States. He moved the needle in AEW when he showed up in AEW for a few events, he moved the needle in impact. And of course he is your reigning, You know, albeit when this comes out, he might have dropped the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. But as of us recording this, he is the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion for the second time. I really think that there's a hot, you know, he's a young man. He's got a lot of career to go. And I think Jay White really had a huge year this year. That's why he's my pick. You know what? I
1: can't argue about that one. In fact, he had a lot of votes. Will Osprey had a lot of votes coming from New Japan. Nick Gage had a couple votes coming in as well to represent GCW. The one from AEW,
0: though. The top vote getter will surprise you though. I'm I'm curious. I'm all ears. Dex Hardwood. I you know what? The year he's had, I don't blame him. Yeah.
1: No, I, I I don't argue with that vote at all, but I was surprised he actually beat out John Moxley amongst our fan votes.
0: If you think about it, he's wrestled all the top guys mm-hmm. this year on Dynamite.
1: Yeah. I mean, what can you say? No, absolutely. He was up there. Josh Alexander got a lot of votes for Impact. Impact got a lot of a big turnout as well, too. So definitely, was happy to see like the the all the votes coming in for that as well. I too. like the
0: different votes, and that's why like I said, I you know sometimes you got to give it up to the guy who you know obviously if we were going to go, okay, what's the vote between our votes and everybody? I'm not I'm not going to be an idiot. Roman Reigns is the top guy, sure, period. But. When you, when we, this is why we do this show. Yeah. Because we want everybody's voice in there. We want the vote of the fan in there and we want our voices heard. And that's why I said it's great to see you pick Speedball Mike Bailey. Speedball Mike Bailey coming in second on the vote, which is pretty awesome on the turnout. And then, of course, me picking Jay White and other people having some great people. This is what it's all about. Oh, absolutely.
1: No, I love seeing all the, the, diverse picks coming in because it's not all WWE. It's not all AEW. Like the Indies were really coming in there too. And that's the thing. More people that listen to this show are watching more independent pro wrestling. And that's the thing you're getting exposed to a lot more talent across the board. Absolutely, And that's such a win-win for everybody. So next up was event slash card of the year. And this one was pretty much a 50, 50, uh, Going right down to the last couple of days, but WrestleMania just took Clash of the Castle. Really, just like within a margin of vote.
0: I mean, both very good events. Yes, do not blame them there. Uh, any what other events were on there? Because I just am curious of what our fans voted for.
1: The fans were voting for Survivor Series, War Games, but I'm pretty sure that might have been just JVD. You wanted me here to say
0: War Games? That's fine.
1: Um, Clash I'm of, all for that. Yeah. AEW Revolution. That was a good. That was. They're probably their best of the year. Yep, in All, my opinion. All out got a lot of votes. Forbidden Door, definitely got a lot of picks as well too. Um, but like I said, Clash of the Castle really stood out there. NXT. Um, I'm blanking on the last takeover under, the first one under Triple H. Okay, yeah, Since I know about. Yes, that one uh, is there because a lot of people just put NXT Takeover, so I can't remember the official name of it. So I am reading. Well, it here. That, I
0: think it was Stand and Deliver. Or... Yeah, I believe so. Because that was the first one he took when he took over. So yes. I think it was Stand and Deliver.
1: Yes. But wow. like, I, like I said, just with how all the fans were writing in for it. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was very cool to see, like I said, a lot of WWE uh, came in. But this is all under the Triple H regime, too, like I said. Well, WrestleMania is mania,
0: so. yeah. yeah. You know, it's a hard beat to beat be WrestleMania. I'm going to say this. The Homer and me really wanted to pick Wrestle Kingdom 16. Some great matches went down in Wrestle Kingdom 16. Uh, if you had to pick a specific night, probably night one. Mm-hmm. Although night two had that great match uh, between Okada and uh, Will Osprey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could either argue that, and so it was really the home run you want to pick that. But I'm going to be honest with you, WrestleMania Night One. Yeah, I don't think that there was a big, and I, mind you, I loved a lot of cards this year from Game Changer Wrestling. You know, I I enjoyed some AEW shows this year. There was a lot of great fucking events. But when you have the return of Cody Rhodes, when you have the main event as Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens in a real match, not what we thought we were going to get, but actual net match. And then you mix in there to Sammy Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, a lot of fun and all the other pageantry on night one. Night two was good. Night one was probably one of the best booked and ran nights of wrestling. So I'm going to agree with the fans here. WrestleMania night one in particular, but if we're counting it as a whole event, both nights were great. But WrestleMania,
1: yeah, I took WrestleMania too.
0: It's hard, man. I wanted to be the homer and carry the flag because Wrestle Kingdom sixteen was really, really good. However, that that first night alone, I think tipped it for everything. Yeah. The emotions I felt in that night one man—it's been a while since I felt that way about you know a major pro wrestling show. Yeah, and that still wasn't even in the AAA chair. So now I'm thinking about WrestleMania this year. Going, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah, like I'm 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 nervous because I think this is, could be the greatest WrestleMania of all time, or because we're all setting it up that way, it might be the worst. Who knows? Yeah, but we'll have to find out. I'm going in with a little optimism because,
1: like I say, if WrestleMania this was the last one under Vince got this much interest. Clash of the Castle, though, like I said, I can't stress enough, that got so many votes and that was a Triple H
0: product. That was the first major Triple H show. Yeah. The so, first major one that was all him because you can't really count SummerSlam because he was he had just taken he over. He just took over. Like, what was it, two weeks before SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. So that had still the fingerprints of the past, even though he did change it to make it his own. We got that Great Bailey return, which was also Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. I know I said her name wrong, but at the time it was still Io Shirai, not Io Sky. Right. So you had that go down at, at SummerSlam. So you had, you know, Triple H definitely had his fingerprints there. However, that he was still trying to fix that. He's still trying to wrap up the Vince era. I think Clash of the Castle really was the first one we saw full Triple H scale. And we yeah. saw some cool stuff there. So I agree that was a great show. Yeah. But, man, I don't think there was a wrong answer for anybody. I think there was a lot of good wrestling went on this year.
1: Yeah, like I said, it was pretty much across the board, too. Like I said, New Japan Pro Wrestling got a lot of votes in, too, for Wrestle Kingdom. Impact got a lot of shine in there as well, too. Like, that's the one cool thing. Just a lot of people are just putting the promotions.
0: Yeah, what do you, I think, what, you had a great card yeah. for Impact, so... I, listen, it was a great year. When I think about it bad this year, listen, the granddaddy of them all taking it isn't that bad because that was a great show.
1: No, you can't go wrong with that and one. I,
0: and, and I'm still surprised that that was the Vince era now thinking back. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go.
1: Yeah. So like I said, a lot to be hopeful for with this year's WrestleMania coming up. And that kind of leads us to actually the promotion of the year because WWE won, but there is an asterisk by a lot of this. And that is under Triple H. A lot of people emphasized WWE Triple H era on the voting. I, I don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. But just to put out, it was a little, I want to say, overwhelming. Uh, but like I say, in comparison, WWE was there. GCW was number two. Uh, all the wrestling was uh, about mid road compared mm. to uh, compared to some of the other indies. We did get a couple of votes in for AIW. Oh, that's uh, they, awesome. They AW, in, so, I, lo- I love some A W. Yeah, so it came in. Uh, some people were actually putting in feuds for it, too. So I think they got a little confused about promotion. Ah, okay. So, yeah. So we kind of had to go with that. But a couple of them were just GCW feuds as well, too, and Impact feuds. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, just to clarify. But everybody got, you know, like I said, the Indies did get a lot of love this year. New Japan got some votes as well, too.
0: Well, you know what? Maybe next year we'll add feuds to the ballot. Because yeah. I don't think we had that in. So maybe we'll add some more. You know what? Now that we've gotten a really good turnout and we've gotten something, that, a system that is actually really cool with this new ballot system, hey, you guys have spoken. You guys have voted. Next year we're going to add some stuff to the ballot because I think we could add a lot more. We'll we'll, we'll think about it over this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hammer out a little bit. But uh, if I'm going to pick promotion of the year, you know, <laughs> speaking of being a homer, man, Game Changer Wrestling has – surpassed anything i mean yes wwe under triple h but listen triple h took over in august mm-hmm. august till december is not that long game changer wrestling started the year hammerstein ballroom the most people who have ever been in the hammerstein ballroom for a wrestling show and continued it through getting into fight plus creating this whole another wave towards the end of the year banger after banger after banger i think i can count i, I i'm honest i can count on my one hand Probably less than three fingers, probably only three shows that were iffy. And I'm not saying bad iffy every other show, you know, and they did. I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but they had to have easily done 50 shows Mm -hmm. right about that. Right. Yeah. Had to be because basically they were at weekends where they're doing three you only have to do one a week and they were doing three shows two shows you know etc so they had to be right around there somewhere between 40 and 50 without me looking and to have three bad shows that's that's pretty fucking good so i'm gonna say game changer wrestling was my promotion of the year i think i picked them last year too it's just the growth of gcw now if you're asking me now if the triple h era continues the way it has been And throughout this next year, 2023 is probably going to be the year WWE. I wouldn't be surprised. See, I voted for WWE Triple H era, but I will explain why. Because
1: GCW, it's a gift and a curse. They've been so good for so long now. It's the norm. So I looked at it like this. I expect GCW to do great things. And if they have a bad card here and there, sure, it happens. But for what Triple H did... When he got the ball, and we're talking in six months, he did the proverbial saying: he turned chicken, uh, chicken sit or chicken shit into chicken chicken salad. Just chicken salad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Sorry, I just like botching my words here. But he did that, and especially for people remembering how bad WWE had gotten, like awful bad, to the point where there was only one feud worth watching, and that was Roman Reigns. Everything else. On that show was bad. And that Triple H comes in, shoots some good energy in there, bringing back familiar stars, doing some different angles, putting prominence to the Intercontinental titles and United States titles, which can you really remember the last time they were as relevant as they are now? And now refocusing on the tag team division and building that up. And now what is trickling down to NXT where we're now in this 3.0 era taking the good, the bad, and the what from the 2.0 and really merging it into something that looks almost like the black and gold brand, but it's different. And even with a crazy idea like the Iron Survivor match, which he obviously has to have some input on, and making that work, like just looking at what he's done on a short amount of time to now really doing something with it, heading into mania, and really building up into one of the biggest Royal Rumbles of all time. That's where I looked at, like, how much did he really just overtake things?
0: I mean, I don't blame you there. I can see it. Like I said, though, I, I'll be the homer here and go with Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah. Once again, they haven't let me down. No, I, Very few times have I turned off a Game Changer Wrestling show, even if it's late at night and gone, man, I wish I didn't. I, I, I shouldn't have stayed up this late. I can't say the same. And this is not a shot. I can't say the same for AEW this year. No, there's a couple of their pay-per-views where I was like, it's one o'clock in the morning. Why the fuck am I awake? And, you know, that's why they didn't get the pick ultimately. And also when you're dealing with your dirty laundry in the air like they did this year, I don't think you have control over your promotion. And that's that, at the end of the day. That's why I'm not voting for all the wrestling uh, just in case anybody was wondering.
1: No, and I think our fans really kind of had the same idea because, like I said, it was about middle of the road for them. Like in comparison to the other votes that came in, like I said, GCW t- had a big turnout. You saw a lot more indies get sprinkled in as well. But I'm I think, surprised and I'm
0: happy about AIW, man, and, and I'm thankful for anybody fucking watching because it's a great fucking promotion, man.
1: Yeah, just I mean, just the fact they even got written in. I mean, like that's the big thing that we left it really wide open with the the write-ins. So to go in there, just like I say, it just gets a little confusing when people are, like, spelling out the names and they're trying to shorten up, and, you know, like I say, for us to translate, but still, just seeing the Indies show up there, like Lori Pro had a, a, a couple votes here and there, Impact had some, like I
0: said, I'm not reading out everybody who hey, got listen, one in them. Keep, keep tuning in, man, because that's why we're doing the Indie Roundup, because we're one of the few shows that are talking about independent pro wrestling, because they're important, because the stars of tomorrow are always going to be in the Indies. Absolutely. But now it is time for arguably...
1: The most coveted award of the Brodies, and that is Match of the Year. And this one went to one that I held very close. In fact, it was my pick because for the performance that was shown during this match with one of the nastiest pictorial muscle tears of all time, give it up to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell.
0: Damn. Very good.
1: I mean and that won the popular vote as well, too.
0: That won the popular vote. Okay. Any other uh, honorable mentions there before I give mine?
1: Uh let's see. There was FTR Aussie Open was okay. thrown in there. Um Osprey Nato Okay. was thrown in there as well. Gunther Sheamus had a lot of votes come in too from Clash of the Castle. That right. was probably number two, I would say. Osprey Ocado from Wrestle Kingdom was up there. And even uh,
0: making rounds, like I said, about midway in the in the picks was Punk and MJF dog collar match. No, oh, that was a very good match as well. All very good picks. So my Brody is going to go to, and this is going to be a surprise because I loved Okada versus Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. I do believe it was surpassed by one match, and that would be Okada versus Jay White for the IWGB mm, World Championship. Dominion. And that's where uh, Jay White got the surprise victory. I thought that match was perfect from beginning to end. I think that it was – if you're talking five stars, if you want to have that scale, I think it was there. I'm not saying that Osprey versus Okada was a bad match. They're 1A and 1B in my opinion. Sure. But it just eached out because when I'm thinking about Wrestler of the Year Jay White, that was the match where A, phenomenal match. And I remember watching it with you mm-hmm. and us going, holy shit, did that just happen? Yeah. And then having that great promo after oh. where Jay White had the crowd break the law. Cause the law of the land said that they couldn't make noise with their mouths, mm-hmm. but he had them break the rules in law essentially. Yeah. And they did because they were so excited to see that ending. So I was kind of like that with that moment in that match and the ending was the perfect storm. And I, that's why I'm going to pick Jay white versus Okada dominion. And if you never saw that match, check that fucking match out. Cause like I said, you're going to get that banger of that rematch at wrestle kingdom. But at Dominion, it was the right time and right place, and, and I don't think any of us saw Jay White winning that match.
1: No, no, I don't think
0: any of us saw that. No. If anybody said, "Oh, Jay White's going to win at Dominion," we'd have all said they were a liar. We just thought that this was another match on the 50th anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling to continue to push, oh, you know, Okada forward because it's hmm. the 50th year of you know, 50th anniversary this year. 1972 is the invention of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's 2022. Why aren't you going to go with your golden boy, the Rainmaker? You know, Mm. we call Tanahashi the ace because, you know, respect. Yes. But let's be honest, the real ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling has been for a while, Kazuchika Okada. Mm -hmm. Nobody expected him to not. We just thought he was going to carry that belt year round. Yeah. Let's be honest. 50th anniversary, the Rainmaker, the golden boy, the ace, whatever you want to call him. He'll carry the belt. We'll get to Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe we'll move it there. Probably not. Let him go in a little bit and then drop the belt next year. Big celebration year with your big star. Nope. The Booker's there. Great job. Said, nah. We're going to give it to Jay White. And it shocked the world. Great match. Like I said, five-star match. Fucking surprise ending with a great finish. And then that fucking promo is what the cherry on the take. That's my pick. Man, I'm gushing over that match. It's so great to do. Uh, yeah, next year we gotta make sure we put Booker of the Year on there. I forgot that one. You know, maybe we'll add feud. Cause I would have been interested, because I think Booker of the Year would have probably been a runaway for Triple H, I'm gonna assume. Yeah. Um as much love as as he got in the voting, uh, for just even promotion of the year. I think that that would be so I'd I'd be interested to see you there. Uh big shout outs by Booker of the Year. Also, I would shoot, you know, give shouts in the indies to John Thorne from AIW. Mm-hmm. Uh does a tremendous job there. If you're not familiar, of course, Brett Lauderdale and Game Changer Wrestling does a tremendous job. You know, Gaido over there in New Japan's doing a great job. So, there's a lot of great bookers. So maybe giving a shout out to the guys in the back might be something we do next year. I know we've done it before, but I think we're going to add some new stuff to list. Listen, when the turnout's good, let's keep it going. If you have any suggestions, hit us up. Hit us up on the social medias. No lies, because we're we have a full year until the next awards. Mm-hmm. And the voting won't start until December. Maybe we'll start a little earlier, just because you guys are just killing it out there with this. And I want to have everybody's voice heard. I'm just, I'm honestly, my biggest thing here today, because I didn't look at the results mm-hmm. until Ken just read them. I think the my biggest thing, and the reason why we even got off course and went a little longer, was because I was like, well, who else did they pick? I want to know. I, I you know, originally yeah. I was like, just pick three. Let's make it easy. I was like, man. There's so much eclectic stuff in here. I'm so happy for this.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was a great thing, too, because even I was having people DM me and they're like, you put my vote in. I'm like, well, I'll read it on air. But I'm like, I'm trying to remember everybody that was shooting it to me because people just wanted to get the voice out because everybody heard about the promotion we were doing for it. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to do the ballot Black Friday next year. Oh, cool. We're going to start early. We're going to go right from there to the 29th, like we do. So that'll be two months, pretty much, or a month worth. Of voting time, and you know, I'll kind of streamline the the ballot a little bit, just so because, like I said, everybody was was putting in the same answers, but to register in the graph, it had to be the same spelling. So I might just kind of clean that up a little bit. That's fine. But we... the but the best thing to go away from this though was the amount of fans that turned out and voted, and all the variety of answers. Like absolutely, that's what I loved about it
0: absolutely we'll get it out there and like i said let's add it we'll add a few more because hey why not let's get the more the more we get out there the more people are going to get a shout out because i like to spread the love as well you know you get a couple in the same promotion but i try to like oh okay let's let's you know in my personal so hopefully the fans are doing the same and it'll look that way i mean i'm i'm definitely definitely thankful that you guys turned out for the indies and some of the smaller companies as well because that's what we champion here so you found your home you found the great right place to be as well well, that does it for this year's Brody Awards. The 2022 Brodies are over. We are going on and forward to the 2023 Brodies. I can tell you already. We've technically as we record today, we are what, 3 days into the the mm-hmm. month of January, so we're the 3rd day into 2023, and I've already seen a couple matches that may be on that list next year. I mean, the GHC World Title match was a fucking banger. Yeah, that was crazy. You know, Muda and Shinsuke. I don't know if it'll be match of the year, but man, it'll. it'll I'll say it's on that list just because even if it falls down the list, it's gonna be. A, it's one of those dream matches that delivered. Mm-hmm. We've seen so much, so many great things so far, and it's three days in, and we got Wrestle Kingdom. As we're talking right now, as we're recording, Wrestle Kingdom starts in about seven hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, <laughs> you know, I guarantee you got Omega Osprey. That's probably gonna be a banger. Yeah. And you got Okada and Jay White. That's gonna be, and there's also the undercard. It never disappoints. So you never know. Triple H era Royal Rumble, Triple H era WrestleMania. Yeah aew hopefully they can turn it around I mean it looks like the fans and even like we said 2022 wasn't their year that's fine yeah maybe 2023 is the year there's not it, it doesn't mean that it's lost it didn't mean it was a bad year for him, but it, you know it's just kind of
1: interesting to see that it wasn't such an internet landslide as it's kind of portrayed to be
0: well years past yeah years it past. was years and the, the Brodies years passed not even just from our votes but from the fan votes when we were putting them out there on Twitter and just feedback from friends they would got they got a lot more stuff. I mean, they were promotion of the year the last two years, according to the fan vote. Yeah, not our vote, but to the fan vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the years they were your promotion of the year. Yeah, there were. And I think one of the years they probably were mine. Yeah, first year. So I I just want to throw it out there that it, like that's it, and it is what it is. It fluctuates. It sure. doesn't mean that we're writing AEW off by any stretch of the imagination. I picked Jamie Hayter as my I'm women's wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I so I do have, the, and that's with a division that I think is not great. Right. But I think that she was leaps and above. And think about how much you have to combat to be Women's Wrestler of the Year in a eh, division. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it it can turn around at any time. So I'm excited. I can't wait for next year uh, because that means we get to watch another full year of wrestling and and, and di- dissect. And there's so much stuff that you forget. Uh, and I, th- and you know what else I liked about this is that we didn't have a lot of recent bias. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, what was late? Yeah. you know, when you have your event, the the event of the year being WrestleMania and even with it being clash of the castle, that was September. Yeah. So it wasn't like they went with survivor series. It wasn't like, you know, we went with something that happened recent. That was a good show. You know, there was consideration for wrestle kingdom, which takes place at the beginning of the year. I think that does hurt it sometimes in the event of the year. However, I think that, you know, the remembrance of it speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So I think we've got to see a lot of cool stuff there. So, Wow. It's blown away, guys. You guys blow me away all the time. Thank you for listening to us. It really, really means a lot. But before we can go, Ken M, tell the fine folks one more time how to find yourself in the ODPH podcast.
1: Very simple, short, and sweet, Odphpodcast.com.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna follow suit. If you want to find me in the 3FN podcast, simple 3fnpodcast.com. Get all the information there. The links for 607 TWS are there. There's gonna be some big things going on. I know that there's some people who are said, hey, we're not everywhere. We're gonna rectify that in the near future. Uh Because we were with one platform and we're going to probably move to another platform to because the the listenership base is there. Wow. So that really weird. And you guys have been so awesome that I think it's time to dump more energy into what we're doing here at 607TWS. We will not have our own social media. Uh, Somebody had asked about that. We'd prefer to just do it at 3FN Podcast and ODPH Podcast. I know that could be confusing to y'all. However it does create this really weird rift if we do just a 607 TWS.
1: Yeah, it's...
0: And I think that it, it, it's better to get both of our voices, albeit we agree on a lot of things. We also see differing opinions mm-hmm. on a lot of things too. So you're always going to get it. We're advertising on both. If you want to join in the chat with us, We're, we're more than willing to chat with people. Just, just hit us up that way. And I think that a lot of people have come to it, but that's just, that's just not something that is in the works. I I think that it's better off us doing the joint show under the 607 podcast name is the best way to keep our socials different. And keeping, you know, you can go to odphpodcast.com and find out information and links to 607TWS and vice versa at 3FM Podcast. And it's just a, more convenient for you guys. You guys are finding it and listening to it. And we're just going to give you easier avenues to do that if we're not on your favorite provider already and you're going out of your way to search for us. So there's basically, in a nutshell, a long round of things saying, thank you guys for giving us a fucking awesome year. You know, 2022 ended as you guys know, with us in the top 100, we were very, very in the United States, sorry, for wrestling, which was huge deal for mm-hmm. some little podcast from upstate New York that talks, you know, wrestling and not always the popular opinions. And we don't just cover the big guys. We cover the independent wrestling and we cover Japanese wrestling and we cover like things that a lot of people aren't in. To get those marks in a month where we covered more Japanese wrestling and indie wrestling than Either WWE or AEW is, to me, is fucking mind-boggling and awesome.
1: I think it goes to the statement that we always sing true. We call it right down the middle. We don't do this for clicks. We don't do this for clout. We don't do this for any other reason than just to be fans and to promote pro wrestling, which we both love, and we both love talking about. And we want to create this space where you can come in and talk about your favorite wrestling promotion. And it doesn't have to be on a cable network. It can be on a streaming service. It can be somewhere that you just go to your local bingo hall. Or you go to your local legion hall. and Or even your uh, former shopping mall. And go and just represent your fandom and do it that way. This is what that show represents. And to see the growth of it. To see that other shows are you know often imitating but they can never duplicate. Is always a blessing to see. Each and every time, and especially when we start seeing rankings now show up, which, like I say, has never meant anything to us, but it's always just a nice reaffirmation of what we're doing and why we're doing this.
0: Yeah, rankings and ratings, like I say in wrestling, it it matters to know that you're going in the right direction. Obviously, we are, and we're going to continue in that direction, is my promise to you guys, because this is the first show of 2023. So, we look forward to having this awesome talk in the beginning of 2024 when we're talking about the 2023 Brodies. So... With that, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week where we will be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom, yep. which is going to be awesome, and New Year's Dash. And on top of that, we'll be talking about the Indie Roundup, which will feature covering GCW, Glory Pro, and PPW going all down this weekend on Fight Plus. And then we're going to give you the next week's slate of Fight Plus and everywhere else that you can find great pro wrestling until then for myself and Ken M take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later wrestling fans if you
2: take i sure. sure. Towards me, a smile I see connect from the top ropes. One, two.